Welcome everybody to another episode of the Travel Rolly Podcast. Today we have Mr. Joe McClemon. Um, I had the pleasure of playing a golf round with Joe back in July. Um, he's currently the captain at the Murray Golf Club where Jeff um, is a member at. So I know Jeff is very excited to talk some Scottish golf and uh, talk about Lassie Mouth. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Travel Royally podcast today. We're thrilled to have as our guest, Joe McClemon. He is the captain of the club that I belong to in Scotland. It's called Murray Golf Club. It's in a little town called Lossiemouth, next to the RAF Lossiemouth base. And we are thrilled, as I said, to have you, Joe. Thanks for joining us. No problem. It's a pleasure to be on. It's hard for me to get your name right. Um, I really struggle with McClemon because it's okay. it's spelled like Mackelman or okay. but anyway. Okay. It's um, not it's, there's a it's not actually a believe it or not, so the story goes, it's not really a, a Scottish name. Um, because there's no Tartan McClemon or Clan McClemon. But the story that I've been told and has been handed down is that there was actually a, a Frenchman came over to Scotland and his name was Le Mans. And everybody was Macintosh or McLeod or Mackay. So he just stuck Mac in front of Le Mans and it became Mac Mont. So I've no idea if there's any truth behind it or not, but um, that's that's what I've been told. Yeah. So are you originally from Lossie Mouth or where are you from, Joe? I grew grew up and was born in Lossiemouth, grew up in Lossiemouth, apart from a, a few years away at uni. I've lived in Lossiemouth all my days. My mother and father aren't from Lossiemouth. My mother was from the, the Western Isles, um, out where Askinish is, which is like one of the old Tom Morris courses. So she was from there and she moved down to the, the mainland here and my, my father got married in about 1950 and they bought the butcher shop in Lossiemouth which is still now in its third generation although I'm not a butcher to trade but uh, I do like a sausage and a nice bit of meat sometimes. <laughs> well McClellan's butcher shop is the place to go I can assure uh, anyone that ever visits there you got to go there. So how did you be how did you come to be a golfer were your parents oh. golfers? No, neither. My father was never a golfer, but basically everybody or almost everybody grows up in Lossiemouth, um, plays golf at some point in time, or they certainly did when I was a youngster. So I can never remember not being a golfer. I have two older brothers. They both play golf as well. My eldest, maybe not so particularly well, but my elder brother, he was a, is, still is a, a fine golfer. He was a scratch golfer for many years, and all my all my friends and everything. They all we all played golf, and in the summer, back then would have been sort of late sixties. Uh, the we didn't have a full eighteen as this as the new course as as you know it, Jeff. Yep. It was a, a nine hole relief course, which was made up basically the the first three holes of the new course. And then some of the, the later holes of the new course, although it's been changed a little bit. And as juniors, we used to go out there and play in the summer holidays. Uh, we used to go out in the morning and we just used to go around another loop of nine, another loop of nine, another loop of nine until the, until the sun went down. So, Yeah. 
Now, did Alistair Thompson, was he your teacher? Uh, no, Alistair Thompson didn't. He was a fisherman originally, and he didn't become the pro probably until about around about 1980. Uh, okay. The earliest pro that I remember was um, Jimmy McKenzie, and he used to do lessons every Saturday morning. <clears throat> and Archie was, yeah, he would, there would be 50, 60, maybe even more than that um, kids at. And most of the guys that you know from from your travels to Lossiemouth and playing golf at Murray would have all been originally taught by, by Jimmy McKenzie, yeah. Wow, that's very neat. Um, so you've been a member for how long then? Well, I, I can never remember not being a member. So I was 60 last month. So I've probably been a member for 55 plus years. Yeah. Wow. That, I find that remarkable. I think so. How did so your, your family bought you a, uh, a youth membership? Yeah, it would have been a yes. Um, I mean, I have no idea. It would probably only was sixpence or something like that back in those days. Um, and it was, it's still cheap for junior golf and juvenile golf at Lossiemouth. Derek and John are really good at trying to encourage them and, and get them in. They go to local schools and you know try to get the youngsters involved as much as they possibly can. Although it's getting more and more difficult now, I'm sure it's the same in, in the US. There are so many other things that the kids want to do and outdoors isn't always the, the place they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um I have a sense that the number of kids that that go to John and Derek for group lessons like you did as a kid is it's very small now in comparison to 50 or 60 kids all at once. I mean I'm saying 50 or 60 it might even have been, you know, more than that because he would have split them into age groups and yeah. certainly the group that I could remember being in was always you know, 20 plus in the group, we were all strung out in a line, you know, yeah. swinging and, and hitting balls. So it, it could have been considerably more. Yeah. Now, you know what, in the, in the U.S., we have a very different structure for our clubs, right? Where you are, that you've got uh, a club secretary like Stevie, you've got, you're the club captain, and we don't have that here. So you're the captain of the club. Tell us about your role as captain. Okay. Um, well, Stevie would be, uh, he's a, a full-time um, club manager, secretary, and he would be paid for his role. And he has a, an assistant and a match secretary. And with John and Derek help out with some of the, the functions of the club and the competitions. But, but after that, the sort of um, the policy decisions rather than the day-to-day -day management of the club, is all done by a club council, of which I am currently the, the captain. We do a, a two-year, or you'd normally do a two-year tenure, although you have to resign after the first year and stand for re-election. So if the members don't like what you're doing, they get the opportunity to, to vote you out, which I think is, is right and proper. So we have a, a vice captain and then we, up until just recently, we've always had nine councillors and we have subcommittees and other volunteers who will help out with the sort of policy decisions and the, you know, the, you'll have a, a greens committee, we'll have a match and handicap committee, we'll have a finance subcommittee, 
we'll have a house subcommittee and, and a bar subcommittee. So it's all done on a voluntary basis on the, the members all own the, the club. You know, they all they own the we own all the land yep. that was purchased um back at our centenary year, which was about um coming up for 30 years ago now. Yep. So we own the land, we own the we own the clubhouse and every member has a has an equal share in that. Um except the overseas members. No, I'm kidding. Um no, but that's uh, yeah, it's very different here. We have we have equity clubs, which are similar, right? Where the um, you buy in, and it's typically fairly expensive, like thirty thousand dollars might be kind of an average to join a club, and then it's you know five five hundred twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So what you've paid in fifty five years as a member at Murray. I'm sure there are Americans who've paid what you've paid over that entire 55 years in a year and a half or two years to be in a member of an exclusive club here in the States. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, our uh, annual subscription for a full member at the moment is um, £620 per annum. Um, we're looking to put that up a bit this year. So hopefully if everything goes through the AG at our annual general meeting, which we hold every December. So any increase in the subscriptions has to be voted through there. And we need to we need to invest more in our club and we you know membership numbers are reducing slightly as well. So we're looking to try and get that up to six hundred and seventy pounds basically this year. But I mean for 36 holes of golf, it still offers absolutely you know ridiculously good value for money. Oh it's unbelievable. I mean we pay at the club that we all belong to here. That and you know, you know, Dick and Dale and Chris and I. Um, we pay. In you know, in two months, we'll have paid your annual subscription. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, now that it's kind of unfair to say that, but because when I get my uh, monthly statement, it includes what I had in the bar, restaurant. If I bought. You know, if I had my clubs re-gripped or bought a new pair of golf shoes, but but that my bill's typically five hundred a month. Okay. Right. So it's I forget what the actual dues is per month. It's probably three fifty. Okay. So it's 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 around what you would pay. Yeah. My my two months of my dues would be what you would pay annually at, at the current rate. If if I was to add on my bar bill through through every month. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably would scare you some months, I'm sure. But even this, we had our prize giving this weekend, um, and so that was quite a hefty barbell this weekend. I had to clear up on Sunday morning. So. That's funny. Yeah, I saw that. I, I somehow my invitation must have got lost in the mail. I had to have won something. Uh, you know, like most bogeys in eighteen holes, or. Most triples in a three-hole run, or something like that. But we actually had a really good night. It was obviously we missed out totally on the prize giving for on the COVID year, twenty twenty, and last year. You know there were still restrictions in place, so it was a pretty subdued affair. So this year we had a, an excellent turnout. Just about all the prize winners were there. 
and most of them stayed afterwards. We had a bit of a, a buffet afterwards and uh, most people filled their cups and passed the cups around and we all had a drink out of the cups and yeah, it was a good night. That's fantastic. I wish I could be, I, I hope I can be there someday. Now, when you, when you became captain, do you, do you have goals about what you want to do, the influence you want to have on the club? Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, when I became captain, uh, for me, it's, you know, the number one priority has to be the course every, every time. And our course has suffered a little bit over the last five years. We've had problems with our irrigation system, which is 40, over, you know, 40 years old. Our water supply had dried up. And then through COVID, we were working on a, you know, a very... Um, Kevin just had one member of staff for the main COVID year for a good while. So, you know, the course was needing a lot of investment and a lot of uh, attention. Yeah. So we were really lucky that we, the, the RAF, were needing to put a pipeline through our course. So we got a considerable sum of money from them, which we have, by and large, mainly invested in. Uh, a new water supply. We drilled a new borehole down to 85 meters and we did phase one of our irrigation upgrade last winter and phase two is getting done at the moment. They're probably about halfway through it just now. They've got about 12 weeks work in total. So even already last year, we noticed a huge difference in our course. We committed to spending more on, you know, seaweed treatments, fertilizer treatments, seed, just, you know, trying to generate as much growth as we can. And the back end of the year has really, really paid off and, and the course has come on a lot. I mean, I think it, you know, obviously everything else that goes around a golf club, you know, the facilities, the professional shop and the, right. the club and the bar and the restaurant and everything like that are all important. But I think visitor income is where, you know, I see the the future of the club, um, you know, being able to sustain itself going forward. And I think people will always, you know, you'll spend four, four and a half hours on a golf course. And when you go back home, whether it be to the States or to other parts of Scotland or the UK, what you'll remember is, is the golf course and how you felt when you were out on the golf course and how right. it was. Because, you know, you can have a nice meal and a nice drink anywhere. and um, But I think for me, it's all about getting the course as good as we possibly can. And we've certainly, you know, made major improvements there. How's the new course looking at the moment? Yeah, it, it's come on a lot as well. Um, Kevin and his staff got in early in September and got a major overseeding program particularly on the, the first and the 18th the second and the fifth they were the, the you know the holes that were, had suffered the most and the so we got the seating done there and they have come on tremendously well we've had a, a great um growing late growing season the weather's been quite damp it's been quite warm we've been able to get water our own water onto it as well and promoted it with um fertilizers etc so you'll you'll notice a massive difference in there as well. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, you know, there's a a course. Um, I'm not going to name it, um, 
that I played at last year. And the idea was, you know, so I, I played with the captain um, and it was the two of us and, and my girlfriend Tina walked with us and we had a lovely day and we go in and we have uh, a whiskey tasting and they, they serve lunch and they say, you know, if you bring guests here, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get a Ryder cup set up, you know, like your guys play our guys. We'll have a whiskey tasting. We'll have a big group dinner. And, um, you know, it, it's just a nominal charge on top of what the, the, uh, the greens fee is. The problem is the course is in such poor condition. Right. And I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a very nice layout, but mm -hmm. it's just in such poor condition, right? It's it's I can't send people there, right? I can't as much as I want to. If if I heard that they were doing what what we're doing to the new course to improve it, that'd be different. But if it's um, it just looked tired and ragged and and. and I, and Joe, it's hard to say that because the people are so friendly. Yeah. It's a beautiful layout. Um, but, you know, and, and to be truthful, the reason that, that I joined Murray was I brought a group there. This is almost 15 years ago. And um, we played it. We walk off of 18 and we're looking at each other like, did that just happen? Right. I mean, it was a perfect day. The course was in perfect nick, and we're like, we. I had guys say that's my favorite course we played, which included big names. Yeah, and um, it was uh, Steve Crane who invited me to join. Okay, yeah, and uh, well, and um, you know, we haven't looked back. It's it's a, it's a wonderful club to be a member of, and um, you know. I can't wait to get back over. I think everyone feels that 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 way. So well, what? Your, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you again next year. Great. Yeah, I I'm uh, I trust you'll be buying me my first pint. I'll certainly do that. No problem at all. I, I, this is on recording, right? So you know, you now you're on the hook for a, a two pound pint. Yeah. That's um, right. So. Uh, You've been the captain now. Are you are you in your second year now? The, the our annual general meeting is on the fourteenth of December. So um, at the moment, I'm the only nomination. The nominations don't close until next week. So you know, if if there's no other nominations, then I'll be captain again for one more year. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite aspect of being the captain? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. That. <laughs> It, it's difficult, um, you know. There's there's a lot of hard work to be done. There's there's a lot of members to keep happy, and they all have quite different ideas about um, what is important to them within the club. Um, but I think that the most rewarding aspect is, you know, that um, some people, you know, do appreciate what you're doing and the efforts you put in, and you know, they, they drop you nice messages or when they see you passing in the clubhouse, you know, they'll give you nice comments and, you know, say, keep up the good work and, you know, this this is improving, this is going well. 
So that's the, you don't do it for the thanks, you don't do it for the for the glory because you know that there's not a lot of that. Um, but so it's nice to get nice mentions and support like that from the, from the members. And, uh, you know, it, it is rewarding. It's, it's been hard work, but it's been a, a pleasure to do. Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, you know, I, I'm thinking about you. If you're a member another 20 years, you'll have been a member for 75 years. That's got to be the, among the longest uh, tenures ever at a, having a golf membership, right? Yeah, I mean, there will be people playing um, at Murray just now, I would guess, who would have been members for certainly 75 years plus. Um, there might even be some a bit more than that, 80, 80 years plus, that they've been members at, at Murray for, yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. For me, it seems like your role, if I could compare it to something in the U.S., you're like the mayor, right? So people, like, when you're, particularly during the Murray Open, right, you're walking through the clubhouse, you know, people like me want to introduce you to my guests, and, you know, I, I – I know one of the most difficult things has got to be this comment. Joe, can I talk to you for a minute? You got to just roll your eyes and go, here we go. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I mean, you, you've got to get comments like, do you really think 85 meters is deep enough for the borehole? Don't you think we should go down to 120 or you get like things that are, I know you can't, this is being recorded, so you can't uh, divulge <laughs> some of those comments, but. I know you get some uh, unusual yeah. comments. Um, we, we have we have got some members that don't think you need water to make things grow, um, but uh, hopefully not. Thankfully, not not too many. But you just mentioned the you know the Murray Open is a fantastic week. Um, it is the highlight of the, of the golfing calendar of the year for for people in Lossiemouth and for Murray members and for visitors and things like you say you know to, to play with yourself and your guests that came across and to get introduced to them and, and for them to you know ask you about the club and ask you about the area and, and they're genuinely interested and they genuinely want to know about the place and about the club and about the, the history of the place and, and it's got a fantastic history of the club um so yeah that that's nice that's nice it's well i'll tell you what if you want to win when you look at other clubs um, doorknock, and I know that that's a truly a championship venue type course, right? Um, or when you look at um, yeah. Castle Stewart, it's unfair to say that, but Castle Stewart, you look at um, Nairn, um, but the, these big name courses, uh, they rely heavily on income from overseas. Yeah. Visitors, right? When they so my my message to our members would be if you want your dues to be your annual subscription to be less, the course has to be in better condition so that people like me send more visitors there. Right. And I'll you know how much I love Murray, right? It doesn't stop me from sending people there. Um, but an, a, a proper irrigation system is is crucial to maintaining the health and vitality of the course and therefore for us to send people that are willing to pay you know 
what we pay for one for one guest, right? As a as a tour operator, is one sixth of what you pay for. So six six visitors is the yeah. equivalent of one member, but they're only playing one round of golf. So they're doing very little damage to the course. They're spending money in the pro shop. They're spending money in the bar. It's just a it's just a win win. Jeff, you're absolutely one hundred percent right. I mean, you know, where we don't have the population in, in Murray to come up with an extra four or five hundred members to pay their annual subscription. So it has to be through visitor income that the club is going to be sustained going forward. Um, I'm also a member up at the, the Strewy course at, at Royal Dornick, so I'm up there quite regularly. And I was up there, I think it was about the middle of September, and the tea there was absolutely packed the whole day. There must have been over between 80 and 100 guests, all using caddies and all playing the course. And, you know, they're probably paying 200, 250 pounds around. For that, the money go, so the money that's going into the club's coffers for that is absolutely massive. All the locals are getting, you know, 80 quid, 100 quid for their caddy. And so it's a massive thing for the local economy. I think Dornick probably takes something like um, getting on for £2 million in visitors' fees. I think Nairn is, if it's not over a million, it's certainly up into uh, eight, 900000 and we have just had our, our best year ever for visitors, and we took £230,000. So, you know, we've got so much more, so much potential there that if we can get our product right, which, you know, we are really heading towards, um, you know, we can start to attract more visitors and charge them a, a little bit more as well. And still I agree. Offer good value for money. And if we have an extra, you know, I mean, I think, you know, if we could get that even to like 400,000, then the amount of extra revenue that that gives us every year to reinvest in our course, to maybe give Kevin some, you know, some more members of staff just to fine tune the course a little bit better. And it all just goes up and up from there. Well, um, that 230,000 pounds that you talked about in visitor income, that's the equivalent of is that that was the number or was it two forty? About two thirty, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean that's amazing, right? I mean, it, it's uh, it's mind boggling. I mean, that's the equivalent of three hundred members. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. do, does I I hope our membership understands it that that's the equivalent of three hundred members. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I think the good news is the fact that they're building another course at Castle Stewart with lodging there means people be st uh, staying close by. Um, hopefully there'll be some uh, residual effect for you, for us, I should say, that uh, visitors will want to play Murray and Nairn and, you know, Tane and Portros that, there's plenty of golf up there that's just fantastic. So, yeah, now, I want to go to something that you talked to, that you told me about, and um, and that is you you were able to play. Well, let me say this: over the years, we've had famous visitors, 
right, that have come and played uh, Murray. Um, Bob Charles, right, who was, you know, an amazing golfer and, a, and an open champion, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, played there. And um, But in addition to that, over, over time, we've had, um, as a member, members, um, the prime minister of the UK has been a, have been we've had two of them as members but you were able three. to play three three yeah mm -hmm. and you've not well i don't want to say recently relatively recently 30 years ago you had the opportunity to play with prince andrew how did that come about yeah um that came about just by absolutely pure chance um it was a, a one of the murray's bright summer evenings it must have been probably late May or into June, because it was certainly bright well into the evening. And I just headed down for right in, in the evening for a few holes of golf and just happened to arrive at the first tee at the same time as Prince Andrew. I mean, at that point in time, he was just known simply as, as Randy Andy at that point in time. And uh, the pro introduced said, you know, introduced us um, to go out for a game and there was another one of Lossie's um, sort of stalwart members, uh, an older gentleman, and he joined us and the three of us teed off for the first and we played 18 holes, um, just a casual game, very informal and uh, he was actually a very, very good company, yeah. And a good golfer? He was a reasonable golfer. He was fairly new to golf at that point in time. Um, he was probably about a, an 11 or a 12. He, you could tell he wasn't a, a natural golfer. Yeah. You, know, if you, if, you know, like I said, the people that lost him out generally, have, you know, you can tell that they've been, been playing golf for, for years and years. Yeah. So he was working hard at his game. He was obviously getting a lot of coaching. And... Uh, yeah, he was a, a decent enough player. He could hit a good ball. Yeah. Well, maybe now his name is Handy Andy. <laughs> well, he's got a few names now. I've certainly got a few names now. But there was just, he was up on an exercise at RAF Lossima. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he was a helicopter pilot. And there was just himself and he, uh, his, his bodyguard actually was down as well. And his, his bodyguard walked around with us too. He introduced yeah. himself on the first tee as the, the Duke of York, which was his, his title at the time. And then as we all teed off and, and we walked off the, the tee, I said to him, you know, how do you like to be addressed? Um, do we call you Andrew or, or Prince Andrew or what? And the other elderly gentleman that was with us said, um, Andrew will do him fine. He says, we're all the same in the golf course. And that was pretty much the way that the game was played. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. That's a, that's an amazing uh, story. And what an opportunity for you. That's just great. Um, so one of the, you mentioned a moment ago, the idea of, you know, the highlight of the golf calendar is having the Murray Open. Talk about the Murray Open. And it's I know it's, you know, the guys that I bring over and have sent over, that's one of their favorite events. Yeah, it is. It's a great event. And it has been for many, many, many years. I mean, I remember when I was a young boy, 
we used to go down and, and offer to caddy for the for the visitors and for the members. And we used to get involved in, in all sorts of things that that we kind of did. It. So it, it's been many years. It's been really popular. It used Lossiemouth traditionally was a, a fishing village, yeah, fishing town, and all the fishing boats used to stop for that week of the year, so so that all the fishermen could play in it. The clubhouse was you didn't have to be a member to go into the clubhouse that week. It's open, so you know there was a the clubhouse was absolutely packed the whole week, a very social week. Uh, we used to attract a lot of good golfers from throughout Scotland and a little bit beyond. A lot of the top amateurs from Aberdeen in particular, I remember, used to come up and play, and there was some absolutely fantastic characters there that, that, that played. But, yeah, it's now we have over 330 competitors play over five days, 36 holes stroke play to qualify. And then three sections of 32 qualifiers match play. So, and I, I've seen in the past, a, you know, maybe four or 500 people watching a, a final if it's a couple of local guys that are in it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, it's probably the best value um, anywhere, right? I mean, what, what do, what's the, uh, what is the cost this year for, is it 100, 150 pounds? 150 pounds for a visitor, yeah. And they would get, I think that includes they've got a practice round on the Sunday. Um, they can also enter the, there's a quad arm tournament on the Saturday. I think they need to pay an extra 20 quid, 25 quid, something like that for that. Um, and you have a qualifying round in each course. If you don't qualify, then there's um, consolation tournaments two days on the new course. So you, you can get you know, anything between five and, and seven rounds of golf that week for your 150 quid. And the course is set up in absolutely tip-top condition as well. So, yeah, yeah, excellent value. And for Americans that are listening, and you may not be familiar with this, but um, what I I considered a cross between, and, and Chris actually said this first, a cross between um, the U.S. amateur and a member guest. Right, you've got this stroke play qualifier that gets you into match play, uh, but for most of us, it's just drinking with our buddies, <laughs> right? It's like it's a party every night um, and every afternoon when you're done playing. It's just fantastic. It's it's just great fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, there's some great entertainment on all week. We. On the Tuesday night after the, the qualifying, we have what we call our auction night, where we um, all the, the scratch players, you can buy a raffle. So you get a, sh a share on that player and how well they do. And then we sell off the players so you can bid for to buy the other half share of the player as well. So we, we've I've seen us end up with over £20,000 in the pool. For that um, individual players maybe going for two, three, four thousand pounds, it can get some of the bidding can get quite competitive amongst some of the local characters yeah. trying to outbid each other. Um, but it's it's a great night, and then of course we haven't held the, the draw. So once all the the bidding and the buying and everything is done, we then hold the draw, and it's it's not a seeded draw. 
So you might have bought a couple of players and forked out a lot of money for them, and they could end up playing each other in the first round. So it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. good fun. Well, a couple of years ago, I got Robbie Shields in the lottery and, okay. and held on to him and made 900 quid. And I, I think he got to the quarterfinals. So I was very pleased with that. Yeah, now, that was good, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, other than uh, the Murray Open, when we send guests there, tell our listeners what uh, visitors can expect when they play at Murray. Okay. Well, if you look at the, the backdrop behind you, I mean, that's basically the, the entrance into the in, from the car park into the clubhouse. So you've got a you know a magnificent bay with, uh, if you move your head to the side, you'll see the lighthouse in the background, which is a, a Stevenson lighthouse. It's pretty similar, very St. Andrews-esque in that the, the course starts and finishes right in the middle of the town. And the town is very much part of the golf course and, and vice versa, the same as St. Andrews. Our 18th hole, uh, which you can see the, the green behind you, has got to be one of the finest finishing holes Absolutely. in golf. I mean, certainly it regularly gets voted the, the second best finishing hole in, in Scotland, only behind the, the 18th at St. Andrews, just because of virtue of, of what it is. But you know it's a it's a long demanding par four with a a, a natural amphitheatre of, of a green, uh, raised green out by out of bounds all the way down the right, which is all the local houses and and the local hotels. So it's yeah, it's a great finishing hole. Yeah, we I um, I've got some guests coming over in May next year. Yeah, they'll be there in May. And uh, I, and it's going to be uh, two guys. I'm gonna I'll I'll get a hold of you. We'll get some guys to play with them to show them around, kind of like you did uh, Prince Andrew. Now you know, obviously, golf in the U.S. Is, can be quite different from golf in Scotland. Um, you and I both love links golf, and when I go over, I've never played a Parkland or Inland course there because I can play that here. Okay. Uh, you came to the states last April. How, did you enjoy your trip to the States last, last April? Yeah, we had an absolutely fantastic trip. I mean, the, the purpose of the trip was to go to, to Augusta and, and to see the, the Masters, which we did. We went on the, the Thursday and on the, the Saturday. But, but as well as that, we also played um, four games in North Carolina. Um, which For South Carolina. Um, uh, maybe my geography is letting me down here, but we, we stayed in Columbia. Yeah, South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay, sorry. And we played um, Columbia Golf and Country Club. So we played there twice. And that was good. We, we really enjoyed that course. Um, I believe the only time it's open to the public is, you know, round about the, the week before and the week of the, the Masters. Mm -hmm. obviously just to try and fill their coffers but we really enjoyed the golf there the course was, was a great setup uh, the members were really welcoming in the clubhouse so we had a good time with them, a good chat with them we we didn't play any of the sort of trophy courses in, in, in the area at all um, but we also played Oak Hills and we played the, the Spar I think it was called at Northwood 
And again, they were all, you know, very picturesque courses. I think, to be honest, it was probably a bit early in the year for them. Right. Um, the grass hadn't really started growing. In fact, one of the, the courses went and spoke to the professional afterwards, and we were just telling them, you know, how it was a, a fantastic layout. You know, it really was. Um, but there, you know, there was little or no growth at that point in time. And he said, well, basically, I think he said, we we're just waiting as soon as the temperature gets to, to 60 C or 60 F, sorry, 60 Fahrenheit, that, you know, within a space of two or three weeks, the place has just transformed and, and the growth comes in. So I would imagine, you know, if, if we'd been there a month later, it would have been quite a different experience. And the courses would have been absolutely fantastic. But yeah, we had a, a great trip. Um, you know, the Augusta was just everything that we expected it to be. Um, you know, the, the first day we went there before play started, we we walked the back nine and, you know, from the 10th tee, you're thinking, you know, everywhere you're going, well, this is where McElroy hooked it out of bounds when he was, you know, so many shots ahead. And then you're, you're down where Bubba Watson was in the trees and played his, his shot out. And just, you know, everywhere along that back nine, you've got so many memories and it was just exactly what expected it to be. The only thing that did surprise me a little bit was the... Uh, the up and down, I didn't really, I knew it was slightly hilly, but, um, you know, especially around that 10, 11 and, and 18, the, the change in the altitude is, is amazing. Yeah. Well, I think when I take, I've taken people there for the first time. Um, there's not a, there's not a blade of grass out of place. Is it? It's just phenomenal how they, um, how that how well manicured and how well taken care of it's an amazing layout every hole is memorable to your point joe there are spots on that course where you can stand and go this is where mickelson hit the shot this is where tiger hit the shot this is where bubba and rory and you know and if i'm not mistaken is sandy lyle the only scotsman to have won the the uh masters Yes, he is. Although it was designed by a Scotsman, was it not? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Alistair McKenzie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well. but yeah, Sandy Lyle's the only Scotsman to, to have won it. Um, uh, Robert McIntyre's done quite well the last oh. couple of years. It kind of seems to suit his game. Um, he'll need to, I think he, he's probably just missing out on an invite for next year unless he, he gets a fast start to the season next year. He's probably just outside the the invitation zone, I think. But um, it'd be nice to see him back there again next year. It was good to watch him there this year. He played well. Yeah. Well, if he could put down his shinty stick and pick up his golf clubs more often, maybe he'd... Uh... No, I love watching uh, him play. He's, he's, he's great fun to watch, you know? Um... So, uh, have you played other golf courses in the U.S. or those? No, that's the only time I've, I've played golf in the in the U.S. Um, played golf a bit in Portugal and Spain and Turkey, but that was the first time that I've gone to to America to play golf. Any other time to America, it's just been purely for vacation. Well, what's the number one course other than Augusta National that you would like to play in the U.S.? You have one okay. in 
Well, there's a few actually. <laughs> there's quite a lot actually, to be honest. But but the ones that kind of stick out. I mean, whistling streets, watching the Ryder Cup there last year. I mean, some of the golf holes there were just absolutely amazing. So, so that would be that would be one place that I'd love love to go and and play. Um, Beth Page in New York. I was in the U.S. Open there a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. I remember that's another one that, that really um, sticks in the mind. And of course, that's one that, you know, um, you know, a trip to New York, take the family to New York and let yeah. them go shopping and disappear to Beth Page. You can see how, how that could, could work. Obviously, um, you know, a Pebble Beach, uh, a number of my nephews are all, all keen golfers. And, and one of them is, is speaking about organizing a trip out there for his. 50th birthday, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. That would be fantastic to go and play there. I suppose TPC at Sawgrass, everyone would like to have a go. Yeah, definitely. We'd like to have a go at the par three there. Uh, so uh, one, one other thing that I've got a notion that I'd like to do is um, I've been fortunate enough that um, you know I've had, had lunch in the Royal and Ancient at St Andrews and the Honourable Company of Edinburgh Golfers at, at Muirfield, and I'd like to think to sort of the the sort of the yang to that yang would be to go to is it the sixteenth at the the Phoenix Waste Management yeah open yeah so seventeenth I think yeah seven seventeenth so yeah. that that would be you know I remember watching it last year they were all getting a bit over the top with the with the beer can through and I think they're going to try and um the yeah, but the atmosphere of that must be something quite totally different. Um, yeah. And I'd like to do that as well. That would be, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I think um, I've had lunch in the RNA as well. We've probably been with the same person, but uh, that's a, uh, that's just unbelievable to sit there afterwards in the locker room that overlooks the first tee and have a drink. and um, But what you talked about, the Honorable Company of, of Edinburgh Golfers at Muirfield, that lunch is spectacular. Um, you have to go to Royal St. George's. They've got a very similar um, uh, space. But, you know, uh, over a 100-year-old clubhouse with an amazing carvery and jacket and tie for lunch. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the best, and and um, the contrast of that to the seventeenth at at the waste management is um, stark, but they they'd equally be uh, amazing experiences, right? I, I haven't been to the waste management, but um, I'd like to get there sometime. So, do you have a favorite course in the world? I mean, you've played in different countries and. <laughs> And I know Murray's number one, but what would be your number two? Okay, um, I've played a lot in, in Scotland. I haven't played much. I haven't played at all in England, actually, and I haven't ventured over to, to Southern Ireland either to golf. That's two things that I definitely want want to do in the next few years. But you know, as I've played Muirfield a number of times, Carnoustie, played the, the old course. A, more, a bit more locally to that, I particularly like Royal Aberdeen. Right. 
the front nine mare is is something really special. Uh, North Berwick, you mentioned Allen. I mean, you know, but you know about it being quirky. Certainly, there are a number, three or four features that you know you, at North Berwick that you'll just never ever see anywhere else in a golf course. So love playing there. Um, Brora is another course really like to play there. Yeah. Um, just just any any links golf. To be honest with you, I'd play anywhere, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Um, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves at Royal Links Golf Tours on is we want to we want to create not just memorable trips but unforgettable. And much of what we want to suggest is off the golf course, right? Like we have guys that talk endlessly about the Kimberly Inn in Finthorn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows about it. You won't run into any American tourists, the fish and chips, the ales. It's like a wonderful evening. Uh, we go out there during um, Murray Open Week. But one of the things that we do, not only to make the trips more affordable, but to make them more interesting is to send them to places that are lesser known, right? So everyone wants to play Muirfield or Carnoustie or Troon or Dornock, but what about Tain or Brora or North Berwick or Gullen or Kilspindy or Murray or Cullen yeah. or Fortros? There are, they're amazing golf courses, yeah. right? You have a friend who's a member at Kilspindy. I've played there a few times. It, it's great. I really like it. Montrose is another one. Um, love love Montrose. Uh, and, and just Panmuir. I haven't played Panmuir. No, or Monifith. That's two that I haven't played. Uh, How about uh, Fraserborough or Peterhead? Fraserborough, yeah, I've played that a few times. The back nine at Fraserborough is a terrific nine holes of golf. It's right. absolutely lovely. I love there. I haven't played Peterhead. Um, and I haven't played Cruden Bay either. That's another one. Yeah, although as close as it is, it may seem a bit strange. But I've, I've got a four ball there to use ne next year, so we'll go over and play it. So I mentioned earlier about the Tom Morris Trail. So I still have... Cruden Bay, Presswick, and Troon are the three that I've got to let left to play on that trail. So we'll, we'll get them knocked off next year, I think. Yeah, you'll enjoy all of those. I, I, um, I've played a lot of golf in Scotland, all links courses. Um, the, I just can't get enough. I, I, uh, I love all of them. I haven't played one where I walk off and go, well, the only ones that – I have walked off some ago. They could be in better condition, but the layouts are amazing. The members have all been wonderful. I can't, I could bore you with stories about how people have in, invited us to play for free or invited us into their clubhouse and bought our drinks or things like that. But um, so here's, I've got one last question for you, Joe, and that is, what advice do you have for people coming over to Scotland for the first time to play links golf? You've played in the U.S. You understand the differences. What would you advise people? Uh, um, take a jacket. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, 
just to enjoy it and play the courses. Um, don't ex the weather can be so changeable. I mean, you can get glorious days and, and nights like like the view behind you there, and you can get as we mentioned earlier about playing at, at Balcomi, where the the ground was rock hard and it was a you know twenty five thirty mile an hour wind, so you can be driving a you know three hundred and fifty yard par four one minute and then hitting a, a driver at a 160 yard par three you know yeah. two three goals later so just to, to play the courses enjoy them uh enjoy the views and enjoy the whiskey and enjoy the company and enjoy the crack yeah come and try it yeah enjoy the whiskey uh and that's coming from a club that was founded by uh whiskey distillers correct Yes, the club has got a long, long tradition with um, with whiskey and with having its own club whiskey. And we've had four or five dis dis a dis different distilleries have produced whiskey for the club in the past. We've had McAllen, Glen Grant, Del Ewan, and at the moment we, we use the local distillery which is in Elgin, which is about six miles away, and that is actually Glen Murray Whiskey. Yeah. So our club whiskey that you get behind the bar at the moment is a single malt, 15-year-old, and it's something like, it's less than $3 for a for a 35-mil measure. Yeah. It's, it's just tremendous value. Well, I'll tell you the other thing that I discovered in the clubhouse, when I would finish a round of golf in the summer at Murray, I would... Um, saddle up to the bar and I would get a Guinness. And uh, I came several years back. I, I pulled up to where the Guinness tap typically was. It wasn't there anymore. And there was a windswept, right? So I go, well, I'll try that. Loved it. And this year I took the guys. We had a private tour after hours. Um, you know, the owners gave us a tour and a tasting and um, even Chris, who doesn't drink alcohol, loved the tour. Okay. Right? And um, it's great that you're able to, uh, you know, invite those people into the clubhouse, sell a local, um, not only the local whiskey from Glen Murray, but, but local beer from Windswept. So, yeah, it's, it's quite popular, the Windswept. I'm not a beer drinker myself. So I can't, wouldn't be fair for me to comment, but it seems seems to go down well. And it's always nice, I think, when you when you go somewhere to enjoy the local the local product, whether it be the drink or the food or or whatever. That's all part of the experience. And it's like you said, about coming to play Lynx golf in Scotland, drinking the whiskey and and eating the the great seafood and the, and the great meat that's on offer is is all part of it as well. Yeah, I could, uh, I would love a, uh, one of my favorite things to do is if I have a late tea time, um, like 10 or 11, go down to Harbor Lights and have a scone and a cappuccino. You can sit outside with a view of the harbor. You know, it's just a lovely way to spend a day or a, a morning. Yeah, it's nice time now. Okay. Well, Joe, it's been a, a great pleasure to have you on the Travel Royalty podcast. You're a wonderful ambassador for our club, the Murray Golf Club. And we hope that you come over again. We'll be happy to help you uh, find the places to play and stay the next time you're over. And 
And uh, until then, I guess we'll have to wait until I see you in at the Murray Open next time. Okay, that would be great. And if you're over in, in May with your guests, then hopefully we'll catch up. And it's, it's lovely to speak to you. And thank you for having me as a guest. Hey, it's our pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. Um, we can't wait to get back to play the Murray Open. Um, hopefully I do a little better this time around uh, and make it to the um, qualifying rounds. So thank you so much again for coming on. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it.